Hello everyone, coming to you from Phoenix, Arizona. You are listening to Work Life 360. This podcast is all about helping one another navigate through the noise and the clutter that's holding us back from our potential to be a healthier, successful community. Our mental, physical, spiritual, and social habits are certainly work life related. We'll explore how creating an awareness of our thoughts and behaviors can empower and inspire us to accomplish almost anything we direct our attention to. Let's dive deep into the dirt and examine what research, resources, and real-life success stories from everyday folks can teach us as we grow through the day-to-day challenges. Let's get started. Oh, this is going to be fun. Welcome back, everybody, to Work Life 360. And I'm really excited to have you on the podcast today um, and kind of talk about your journey. And after our encounter on Camelback Mountain, where you broke out in song with your friends, you know, we had a conversation. It was really one of those, it's a small world kind of moments because all of you are in our industry, in the supply chain. So I want to first thank you for the beautiful moment that you created for all of us on top of that mountain. And we have some pictures to capture that and, you know, some fun conversations and really being open to talking not only on top of Camelback in 110 degree temperatures, but then also, you know, connecting and and being open to have a conversation today about you, even your friends and what you're doing in this space and what your journey's been like and kind of how you have evolved into this space. I have a lot of background in academics, so I'm really curious to find out what your learning experience has been at Iowa State and how that learning experience has brought you into this industry and what it's been like for you. So open to any anything you want to talk uh, about. <laughs> really all right. So. Thank you for inviting me. Actually, it was so nice to see you back in Arizona, in Phoenix. It was a great experience seeing you there up the mountain. I really enjoyed it. Well, I started my journey, I guess, I was born in Africa. I was born in the DRC and then been a refugee for a while. And then I lived in Burundi and Kenya. And then I moved here in 2016, 2016. How's that transition been for well, you? Well, it's been, a, I would say, a very kind of tough sometimes, but everything has been worked well. Just from our little interaction on the mountain, you seem to have a kind heart and a, like a genuine, good, positive spirit. So what are some things you think, I can't even imagine, you know, moving to another country after all your previous experiences and now, wow, I, I can only imagine that it can be mm-hmm. overwhelming coming to the States. So how do you feel your transition went like in terms of your wellness and, and how did you support your wellness so that you could go to school and have all these opportunities, you know, and not clam up or feel right. isolated? That's a great question. That's a great question. Well, as I, as I said, I've been a, a refugee for, I would say, for the entire of my life. And then just coming here, decided to go to school. I had to get my mental health together not to accept destruction getting to my life. As you know, as, I, as young people, we got a lot of distractions. So we can get distracted very, very easily. 
And for me, seeing, hey, I came from my country, I've been moving like for the entire of my life, that can be a big distraction. But I, I was always positive. I was always thriving, talking to positive people, always chasing. So you probably had a core group of people around you that you surrounded right. yourself that had a similar mission of kind of being positive spirited people. Did you move by yourself with your family? Did you move with other students, I take it? Or or did you have a support group or did you create that support group once you were here and kind of tested the waters? Well, I first came with my grandmother and then we stayed in Des Moines, Iowa. And then a year from that, my family came. So I came a year ahead of my family. Okay. Then we kind of stayed together from that time how many family members do you have what oh. does that look like <laughs> yeah. together <laughs> i have six other siblings yes. oh wow oh <laughs> so what are they doing are they also looking at opportunities through school or through relationships in your yes as a like i'm the oldest so i tried to set that example so they also go to school I have two of my siblings there in college right now, others there in high school and some are there in high school. I mean, high school and middle school. Oh, so you probably were helpful because you had that one year experience here yes. for them. <laughs> so you could kind of help them adapt yeah. a little better. What were some things that you communicated to them to kind of help them maybe work through some struggles that you had when you first came to Yeah, the like for me, I would say I'm a first generation like going to college and it was kind of tough. Like for me, just go to like, it was a different system. How we learn in Africa is different how they learn here in America. How so? Like in Africa, we use more of books. <laughs> like we write our notes in the books. Okay. And then here it's more of computers. It's more of electronics. It's more of mm -hmm. just everything. So mm -hmm. as you can imagine, I didn't know like how to work the classroom stuff on an email, getting like doing my school work on a computer. I didn't have any of that experience. But coming here was a big shift. Okay. I had to adapt very quickly to catch up. So I've been talking to them, to my siblings. Hey, let's make this. Let's get ourselves some skill tools, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an incredible shift. I come from academics, so as a teacher, for most of my life, really, it was always kind of what you talked about. Books, you know, you sign readings, and now I would say, ooh, since maybe the 90s, we started to yeah. see a shift. I mean, but even like for the country, well, actually for the globe, with COVID, pretty much everything, all schooling went technology-focused. Right or technology-based, and that was, I can tell you, for a lot of people, really hard. So you kind of right. had an edge because <laughs> you had a little bit mm -hmm. of that experience. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, we all have different learning styles, and it's interesting to see people that are more open and more flexible and curious about opportunities tend to weather that transition a little easier than mm -hmm. some folks. So kudos Thank to you. you. Do you find you have a preference for either or? Do you like a mix of everything? I think I like mix of everything. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree. In terms of my education, it was all in person until I went for my PhD. And part of my PhD was 
online and part of it was in person. And I can remember, wow, the amount of time, energy and efforts that it took to learn a system, then you're not technology savvy, like learning little things like the importance of backing mm -hmm. up your work. And my computer crashed. And I remember in school losing all my work and having to starting all over. You know, I grew up in a time where we actually used mm -hmm. typewriters. So it's just... <laughs> It's just interesting to see things continue to evolve and we as humans being open to adapting, particularly in the space that we work in, is really, really important to how you can show up mentally prepared, still be creative, still feel right. connected. But I do, like you, I still like a hardcover book or something tangible to touch. And we all learn in different modalities. I mean, even audio or video, it's just interesting to see technology is definitely going to be more integrated into the way mm -hmm. we live. So hopefully your siblings are enjoying oh, yeah. the process. Um, yeah, it's kind of like tough, it. but they, they have to like it. <laughs> mm. Is there any friction anywhere? Like, does anybody not feel certain maybe certain things they're open to using technology or is it, or is it pretty well? Well, received? as I said, like it was a kind of big challenge to me and then same as for my mm -hmm. siblings as well, because this is their first time learning English. So you can imagine that they used oh, to, so they used to cool. learn in French and they were mm -hmm. in a refugee camp. So few resources for students. And then coming here, mm -hmm. having all these technology stuff, having all these opportunities, it might be tough for them, but they, they have to do it. Do they have enough resources or people to help them with that transition? Because they know just as, again, as a faculty member, we understand that, especially today, we have students from all over the country. So it's really important to meet students where they are and provide them resources and learning opportunities to help them and also do it in a way where we're being supportive of them and, and patient and understanding that that learning happens in different styles and at different levels and different speeds based upon a person's former experience and how they're transitioning um, in school. So I hope that they have enough resources to help them tutors or, or whatever it is um, that they may need and not feeling like so much pressure that it gets overwhelming. So I Right. They have that. a lot of resources and I did get those resources as well. I went to high school here mm -hmm. for two years and a half. All the ESL classes that they offer for like mm -hmm. English as a second language students, you know, all those resources, computers, books, just everything that they needed, they did get those resources. Yes. Good. How did that experience feel for you? I felt like it was very, very welcoming to see these people care about you, care about your education, care about mm -hmm. your future. I did like that. And it made my, mm -hmm. my transition very smooth by getting this stuff together. Yes. That's good. Um, were you provided any mentors? I did not have like specific mentors, but uh, we had like the ESL teachers. They are very flexible. Mm -hmm. You can talk to them anytime. You can ask any questions and they will help you really, really like everything. 
Oh, that's yes. fantastic. I don't know what it's like in Iowa, but I know in Arizona, there's a lot of support in terms of language barriers and even social economic systems that maybe aren't up to par. There are a lot of resources out there, but I mean, I can only imagine coming from another country. If you're not aware that there are resources available to you, not even think to ask, it can really be overwhelming. So mm-hmm. again, you know, want to commend you. I can't even fathom what that's like. Born and raised here, kudos to you and and the fact that you're supporting your family, your siblings here now. And what are some short-term or long-term aspirational goals that you have, particularly now that you're at TMC, if you could talk a little bit about how you ended up there? Was it through your internship or what's that been like for you? So I go to Iowa State University as a supply chain major. And then we do have these career nights where we do have a bunch of companies coming to our school and they offer students internship jobs after college. So they came to the career fair and then I talked to them. Then they offered me an internship. And then I went from there, I applied, and then went through the orientation and trainings, and I'm happy to work for them. Oh, that's awesome. What, how long was your internship, and, and how did they introduce you to the culture there at TMC? I did start my internship in May 16th of this year, and then the last day of internship, I believe it was last week on Friday. But... <laughs> <laughs> but they offered me an extension, which I'll be still working there as a part-time through the fall semester. Yes. Okay. Okay. So you are yes. still in school. Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah. I didn't, didn't put those two and two mm-hmm. together. Wow. So yes. that's pretty cool. What do you think has been the most interesting thing that you've learned during your internship that maybe you didn't know? from the books or from, you know, the online mm, learning. <laughs> that's kind of tough yeah. one. But, well, I, I came to realize that everyone has his own or her own learning style. And as I said, I, d- I did talk this at my work as well. I told people that we should be patient with people because we don't know how they learn. Like some people might be like visual learners. Some people might be like just imagination, you know? So just be patient with people. They will get it uh, as they go. So what are some of the main responsibilities that you may have as an intern that you're really liking and then some things that you're interested Mm. in? So as an intern, so it's a brokerage company. So I do talk to our customers, like TMC customers, and then we do book lords and then we find Mm -hmm. drivers or we find freights who can take our loads to to our customers and then I, i'm also responsible to make a very good connection to those drivers or to those fleet companies so that they can take our loads okay so is one of the gentlemen that i met with you on top of the mountain is he's, yes. he was a truck driver so do you have interaction with the truck drivers or yes, I do. How does that work? Yes, I do. Well, I do get like <laughs> the loads from our LSR and then I do source capacities. So in that moment, I do t- 
talk with drivers to see their availability, to negotiate the pricing, all that kind of stuff. Do you like that? Do you like that? I do love it. I do love it, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because you seem to have a social spirit about you. So, you know, sometimes we find ourselves in these positions where we're using a lot of technology, may not engage in social interaction or everything's done via you know, texting or emails or whatever, but there's nothing like, you know, having a conversation, picking up a phone and interacting with a person like you, like seeing your face and hearing your voice and and laughing. And I think that's all pretty important. What are you curious to learn um, since you've been in this space a little while? Mm. Uh, I'm a little curious about how, like, in 30 years from now, we, we see all these changes, like innovation keeps going on, you know. I'm so mm-hmm. curious to learning how this transition will be, where we have different technology, and then how that's going to work with transportation, with logistics, with brokerage companies, all that kind of stuff. Yes. It's interesting. I was listening to someone talking about automation and I know you, I think you have a certification or something in robotics automation, you know, and there's this fear even with drivers or people in different industries, not just our own, how technology and automation is taking over. But if you look at the research and the literature, really it's those task oriented jobs are becoming kind of obsolete, but we're able to, how should I say this in a way that makes sense? There are still more opportunities. They're just requiring more mm-hmm. creativity, you know, and us to think about work in a different way. There's right. ample opportunities for jobs. They're just going to look very different. And while technology can help maybe get rid of some of the risks involved in certain jobs, like a truck driver sitting all day or a factory worker, you know, and how they're moving their bodies there's still always a place for the driver or for the factory worker. It's just the job's going to look a little different. So where I've been kind of interested to follow and going back to um, automated mm-hmm. fleets, there's still a component where that human interaction is going to be really mm-hmm. important. So I think people are kind of worried about things that if they shift right. their focus, it's really kind of exciting. I mean, if you can, reduce driver fatigue and accidents and just make the whole experience more customer service, customer care based and take some of the risk out. I think it's mm-hmm. a good thing. Um, so I don't know if with your conversations with folks you work with, if you kind of talk about that. Stuff. Well, we haven't talked a lot about it, but I did talk to one of the guy at my work. And then I think he said that we still have more room. Because as we do, like, flatbed. So so even if we get, like, those automated fleets, we still need some people to be back there, striping those loads, being there to put the turps on those loads. So we still need some people to perform some type of work, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the way I see it. Like, it's not really taking mm-hmm. away jobs. Just the focus of your job mm-hmm. is going to shift. So then maybe you have a little more energy, a little more bandwidth to pay attention to those little things that maybe when you're tired, you're just going, checking mm-hmm. off a box. So um, I see it yeah. as a plus. So in terms of your transition here and learning another language and putting yourself through school and gaining education and now through your internship, 
what have been some of the best things or the best experiences that you've had that motivate you to keep your mindset kind of that positive spirit that you have still? I, I always, despite some <laughs> struggle, that would be imagined. <laughs> what, yeah, how do you do well, it? <laughs> I, I always think that I'm not the one, I'm not the only one who's going through this. And I think as simple mm-hmm. as this way, if someone else can do it, why not me? You know, I'm not the only one who's gone through this. Even my siblings are going through this. Even I know some other people that are going through this. So if they can do it, why not me? So it's just like that kind of self-motivation and talking to people. I do like talking to people who did it first. They give me some tips and some advices to follow, or maybe I can pick it up and use them. Yes. Uh Well, sometimes it's a it's a struggle, of course, but we have to follow the way. What what's something that's been? Well, I can only imagine what's one thing that's been really challenging besides the language barriers and then you know learning a second language mm. and adopting to different cultural perspectives, even. Yeah, I, I I do speak almost five languages actually. Oh wow! Yeah, that's and incredible. English is like my <laughs> last one, if I say that. So coming here, like at home, I don't speak English. I do speak my home language. And then I only speak English at mm-hmm. school with my friends who speaks English. So so coming here, like into these classes, you find 200 students in there. And then just one teacher or one professor is teaching. Sometimes it's hard to listen. Sometimes it, it can be like you have to process what the professor is talking about. So if right. if other students take 30 minutes to learn for something, I do take an hour to learn for that. So it's like I do extra just to get to the point where others are. Yeah, the only, the only inference I can make, and it's not even close to what you're learning to navigate, is my master's degree is in disaster medicine mm-hmm. and management, and my bachelor's degree was exercise mm-hmm. science. So I was in a program, a very high-level program at a major university in Philadelphia with medical mm. professionals, doctors, medics, and the language <laughs> for me to – so I'm kind of trying right. to relate to what your experiences was like. I had to do so much research to just be in the class to stay afloat <laughs> because I felt like I was right. sinking every day because they're speaking in – using terminology, I mean, like the word triage, I had no idea what triage was. So for me to learn what a triage was and what it's like in a medical field versus, you know, a war zone, like they all, that was like, they didn't have, they Mm -hmm. say the word they knew. So I'm just giving that as one example, but like, you know, encoding and all of this was a whole nother language. And I remember um, feeling really Mm -hmm. inadequate Do I even belong in this class? Like, why? how did they let me in this program? I had no idea. And I remember a couple students saying something because I would ask a lot of questions. I wasn't afraid to ask a lot of questions, but I really wanted to understand, like you said, what the professor was talking about. So I felt like I was always behind. So I would sit in the front and ask a lot of questions. And I had another student say something to me 
that was kind of judging me for asking questions and felt good enough in our relationship to have a conversation. Look, I have no idea what you're talking about 60% of the time. And I have to go home and like really do my due diligence mm -hmm. to learn about terminology and processes that you're talking about that are way above my educational or experiential right. level. And the only way for me to learn is by asking questions. And like you said, we all learn different ways. I need to ask questions so that I can even come close to catching up to the conversation that they're having. So I always felt a little far behind, um, but I was comfortable enough to say that. So then it was like, oh, well, let's help you out. And then it was kind of formed little study groups. So, and that was mm. really helpful for me, but not everybody's comfortable mm. saying that. So that's something that you found that you've had to have conversations or is everybody aware of that? Because a lot of people aren't even aware of it. You know, we're all at uh, different learning stages. And for some of us, it takes a lot longer. So right. there's nothing wrong with that mm -hmm. either, by the way. Yeah. Well, I don't think a lot of people are aware of that. But I think I just had to go through for myself. Like, mm -hmm. just find that time. Provide that time for you to learn. Sometimes I do, I do see my roommates. They only go for 30 minutes, they, they get something. And I'm like, why? How are you getting that in 30 minutes? Are they getting it? Or are they just thinking they get it? Maybe they think it, but I hope they do get it. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, I have to invest extra time, like take an hour or maybe two hours to go through that. Yeah, I think it's something that has to be addressed, actually. Hmm. Yeah, I think definitely even different people coming into our industry because now we've been more exposed on the media and now people have an idea about what supply chain is when you come into this space again it's like another world because there's all this lingo and so trying to learn new practices in a new country and having to switch the way you're thinking and how you're retaining information Honestly, that's a wonderful skill that you have. You should be commended for. I mean, took mm -hmm. Spanish in school and I know a couple prayers, but I really, really struggled with learning another language. And if I would say to folks listening, I think it's a beautiful thing to teach your children multiple languages and different cultural traditions as well, because having more diverse landscape really opens us up to opportunities where we can solve some of the big logistical problems mm -hmm. that we're having and doing it in a way that's facilitating conversations where everybody feels included in the conversation. And they're willing to raise their hand if they have a question. So I think that's important. Yeah. Also, my advisors so, have been very helpful. Like they do provide time to talk with students. So I, I will also encourage students who, who are going through that to talk to the advisors, mm -hmm. to talk to people who they feel comfortable talking to. Yeah. So that they can get that help. Yeah. And I would echo off that, particularly if anybody young's listening to this is just like there are people in professions that are excellent leaders, excellent motivators, excellent employee development kind mm -hmm. of people. There are leaders, including teachers that they do a disservice. You know, and they're not as patient and they're not as open to having conversations with just students. And sometimes it's just because there's a lack of care or a lack of empathy or a lack mm -hmm. of compassion. 
And we see that in all professions. So if you're not getting support that you need from any advisor, you ask for another advisor. I would say the same thing if you're in a class and you're feeling that you're not being treated in a fair way, ask for another teacher. I can say there have been one or two times where I've had to like kind of put that out there. (laughs) So I think so-and-so is, they're all about them and they're not all about Mm -hmm. the students. So I would not, I would prefer not to have that teacher again. I mean, I've done it and I'm a 50 year old adult. So speak, speak up for yourself. I think that's really important. Do you feel comfortable doing that? Yes. Well, I would say maybe I was very blessed to have such beautiful or welcoming advisors at my school. Every time I make an appointment with them, I go there, they're willing to talk to me. They're willing to see different strategies that we can work together so that I can get what I need. I'm very thankful for that. And I do appreciate mm-hmm. that too. Yeah. <laughs> so what are you preparing for now during your internship or through your schooling? And how much well, I don't have two, two more semesters left. So this is my last year at school. And I'll be doing that with my internship as well as a part-time, full-time student, full-time, I mean, full-time student and part-time working. So I've been doing that and then <laughs> I'll be done in May, this coming May. And we'll see from there. Okay. <laughs> Took my brain a minute just to think when May was. I can't imagine five different <laughs> languages. <laughs> Transitions yeah. happening. So with your internship, will you stay with TMC or will they have you go somewhere else? Well, you had said that they extended your They extended my internship. So I'll be there this fall. Yeah, but I don't know anything about after that. With your school, do they require you to do more than one internship or or they allow the flexibility where you can stay with one company? It doesn't matter, actually. But I think it might be good to have different experience from different companies. But it's not, like, necessary. Mm -hmm. Okay. What part of the supply chain community really interests you the most? What are you excited about? (laughs) I know there's so much, but it's probably one question (laughs) to answer. Well, (laughs) I think I only talk about my experience. Like, being being a TMC, I didn't know how that would would look like. But going there, I found that everyone was very friendly. And they were like a family to me. Like, they were ready to answer any question. <laughs> I I had a bunch of questions. They were ready for me. They were like, hey, we'll help you this. My managers, my supervisors, my coworkers, they are very, very great to me. Mm. They did whatever it took them so that I can be successful. Oh, yes. That's awesome. So is there part of your job during the day that you really, really like? doing a lot or have you noticed since you've been there different parts of the company where you're not working in a certain capacity where you're really interested in as you've gotten to know people in the company like notice something they're doing you're like oh man i might like to explore this Mm. a little more find out okay i'll say something good like that tmc did is like they offer rotation to interns so that they can see different sides, how it looks like. And last week was my last week was my last day where I was in operations, like fleet management and planning. 
So I, I think I loved it and I'm a, maybe I have some more time to learn more about it. I did. Yeah. What did you like about that? What did you like? It's just like talking to drivers and, hey, I have this option. So do you want to take this option? Do you want to take this option? Just a, that kind of experience. I think it, it was good. Yeah. It's also like, mm. it's also like <laughs> helping people. Like you help these drivers, they do a lot of stuff. So by helping them, trying to make their life easier as they go through that, it's not a, it's not an easy job, but helping them, it's very, very good. I liked it. When you're speaking with them, do they happen to point out anything that frustrates them that you're able to maybe give them some pointers or have you had that kind of interaction with them? Mm -hmm. I didn't have much time to talk with them because I was training. But from what mm -hmm. I had, so like a lot of drivers, they care about their families. So you got to mm -hmm. work hard to get them to be home like every weekend to see their families mm -hmm. whenever they want yeah. to. They want to be around their kids. They want to be around their wives and mm -hmm. husbands. Yeah, they need to get that. Mm -hmm. Five, 10, even 20 years from now, I really hope that that changes for them. Our social connection is, if you look at any research on health and longevity, the most important relationship for our health and well-being is our relationships with others. So creating opportunities for them to connect with their family is really, really, really important. And for the long haul drivers that are gone, you know, for so long, you know, I'm hoping that we can come up with ways, maybe with automated driving that will help somewhat. So where they're maybe not happen right. to be gone so mm -hmm. many days of the week, you know, making some of those routes maybe mm -hmm. a little shorter. So maybe they're only gone a few days because some of them might like to get away yes. a little bit, you know, and, and like a little bit um, of that time where they're just focused on what they're doing. But yeah, when they're stuck in detention and things happen and and a route is taking so much longer due to issues outside of their control, I think we need to create opportunities for them to feel supported mentally, physically, socially, and giving them time to do whatever they need to care for mm -hmm. their health and well-being. So I'm all about advocating for truck drivers and their health and right. their safety. And you know. Thank you for that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> So what about your your friends that were on top of the mountain with us? I, they're all in this, in this space as well. Can you talk a little bit about where they are and what they're doing? And how did you all connect? Actually, now? yes, we have family. Like one of them was my brother. He goes to school. He goes to college. He's in second year right now. He's doing some web development. And then another one is my cousin. He's a truck driver as well. And then another one was a truck driver. He's on operator. So he has his own truck. He dispatches to himself. So he's, yes. Wow. Where is he out of? He's in, he's in Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona, actually. Yes. Oh. Mm -hmm. Oh. Yes. We have to connect. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And he looked pretty in shape and looks like oh, he yeah, took he care of himself. <laughs> Anybody can go look at the post that we have uh, up there, all, all yes. five of us. So what do you do? What, like, what have you found important for you to take care of your 
physical health, your mental health, your spiritual health, um, your social health, and and all that. What have you found helpful since you've moved right. here? In- well, I came here, and then the first thing I realized in America, everyone is busy. Everyone is busy. Like there's no time to waste. <laughs> you. <laughs> You're doing school, family, you're doing job, you're doing what? And then you have to find time for exercise and to get your busy, busy. busy. <laughs> right. So so for me, it's like <laughs> I don't get that much time to work out, but I do try my best and just try to find some more time to go maybe in the gym, maybe go for a run, maybe do some cardio work, you know, just to refresh. Mm-hmm. You like Sometimes. the cardio too? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm a cardio junkie. <laughs> I do it. I do it sometimes. Oh, but, but as I said, you can go to school, you can go to work, but you got to find some time to work out, to get your mm-hmm. health, to get your mental health together, to stay in shape, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that is definitely a challenge when you're in school and trying to hold a job or doing right. an internship. Um, I ran many student recreation centers before I came into this space. That's actually what I, what I've done all my life is uh, ran student recreation centers. And when I was at Georgetown law back in the day, before they built the Georgetown law sport and fitness center, now the Scott K Ginsburg mm-hmm. fitness center, really high stress environment, a lot of international mm-hmm. students, and there was a gentleman, actually Scott Ginsburg. He became a really successful lawyer and said that in order to prevent a little bit of a dark topic here, like mm-hmm. suicide rates among students, depression, anxiety, and some substance or alcohol use issues, it was really important to provide a gym or some type of outlet for them to get together, to socially connect, to take that time off from the busyness of studying academics and working, particularly in Washington, D.C., which is where that mm-hmm. law center is. You know, he donated millions of dollars to the school, and part of that donation required them to build this magnificent student recreation center, which I was able to oversee. So for anyone out there who has young folks in school, I saw this often in my journey where students really didn't prioritize their health and well-being. And as a result of trying to cope with trying to keep up and to learn, some of their health habits were not the most healthiest. And some things that I saw over the 20 years that I was in that space was a lot Mm -hmm. of caffeine, a lot of long hours, no sleep, a lot of like energy drinks, substance use issues, and not a lot of time really thinking about how food, what we eat, how we move our bodies, how we take a break. Like it's really important to take a break. And if your body's sending you signals that it's tired, fatigue, and maybe you're feeling a little irritable or you have any problem learning something, then mm-hmm. it's rest time. Like find some way to practice mindfulness or go for a hike or go for a walk or just listen to music or be a right. kid again and have some fun and smile. That's just as important, in my opinion, as the learnings. So that's something I really try to communicate now that I'm in this space, corporate world for six years now, I see a lot of the same tendencies. So young, young professionals are really like students that I 
taught for decades. And it's all this, as you mentioned, the busy busyness of work and then family responsibilities. And a lot of them are late twenties, early thirties. Um, it's just a lot to shuffle because honestly, we've created an environment in this country where the expectations are you kind of work for the job or the job, the job is the main focus. And then we lose right. our self identity and things that are really important to us. And then that's where, you know, we start to see burnout, stress, anxiety, health issues, type two diabetes, people having strokes, you know, all kinds of food allergies and, and different autoimmune issues that was not the case mm -hmm. in this country 20 years ago. So, you know, my advice to you is, you know, as you of, have observed the difference from your country to the United States, I would say, like, I really hope you treasure that part of it's okay to slow down, give yourself permission to not fall into the trap of king for some financial reasons to get mm -hmm. X, Y, or Z. But, you know, you have, you have a very large family, so, and everybody's here. So I hope that you all are able to take the best of both cultures and blend them together. So you feel like you're living mm -hmm. your best dream because there are a lot of wonderful opportunities as well. It's right. just being mindful right. of your health. Like your health is the most important thing. Mm. So <laughs> thank you for that. So we tend to wrap up the podcast, giving folks an action item, something to do or something to think about over the next week that can help them maybe feel more fulfilled or something maybe that they haven't been paying attention to and kind of just plant the seeds for some healthy, happy living. What's something that you would recommend? Mm. Well, for me, I would say, as I said, everyone is busy. Everyone, we all have 24 hours. And maybe you wonder, how come these people are getting enough time for this, you know? I say, just get out there. It might be even a 10 minutes walk, like every week. It might be a five minutes walk. You don't have to do the extra. You only have to do the least ones that will keep going, you know? Yeah, I said, maybe try your best to find yeah. five minutes, maybe every two days, maybe every week, if it's not possible, that will keep you going. I like that. And there's right. plenty of research out there showing that small bouts or small increments of exercise sprinkled in mm -hmm. throughout the day when you can, I mean, even as little as two to four minutes really can change the way your body responds to everything that you're mm -hmm. busy doing <laughs> during the day. So I think that's a good one. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And thank you so much thank for you your so time much. coming on to you the pod. It was so nice to see you on the mind. It's <laughs> <laughs> a little different <laughs> than the hot sweating mess that you saw. But uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, folks. Thanks for listening in. We hope you uh, live your best life and uh, you know take to heart the messaging here today from 
from the both of us. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank Thank you. you. (laughs) That wraps up this episode of Work Life 360. Make sure you check out all the other episodes and the show notes for links to any articles, resources, or for more information about guest reference on the episode. I appreciate your time and I ask you to send any feedback to worklife360podcast at gmail.com. Special thanks to Freight 360 for your continued support.